This is FoxCast OT, a podcast for clinicians made by clinicians. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Find out more at foxrehab.org. So my name is Gina Ionello. I'm an occupational therapist with Fox Rehab. I've been with the practice for just about four years now. Started over in Staten Island, New York, and now I'm in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Gina, you recently uh, penned an article for us. You can find free articles, white papers, videos, podcasts like this one at foxrehab.org under the title Fresh Fox Content. The title for this was Five Tips for Clinicians Addressing Sexual Dysfunction the geriatric edition. What? Why was this topic important to you? Why did you think it, it deserved to be to be written about? I think it's a topic that goes often underappreciated, undernoticed, because it's could be a taboo topic depending on the setting you're in, the clients you're working with. It really depends. So I recently took a course and it addressed sexuality under different diagnoses, populations, and. The opportunity presented itself, and I thought it needed a platform. You start off by quoting the World Health Organization, and it says this, sexuality encompasses sex, gender identities, and roles, sexual orientation, intimacy, and reproduction. It's a lot more. We need to think about it more holistically. It's a lot more than just reproduction. Absolutely, it is. You know, you look at it as every day we do the things that we do. Sexuality can be how we identify ourselves, the way that we present ourselves to the world every day. You know, as an occupational therapist, I work on grooming a lot, hygiene. Believe it or not, that all connects back to sexuality and how we identify ourselves. If you, sure you've ever heard the saying, if you look good, you feel good. That's technically a part of sexuality. It has nothing necessarily to do with sex, anything like that. It's our identity. And it's who we are. So bringing it up, obviously, because a lot of times when this topic comes up, see people kind of like shoot a glance around, see who's close, and then kind of get real, they'll squinch real small and they'll start to whisper it whenever the term sex comes up. Um, Especially, I feel like with older adults, um, sometimes we don't want to discuss it openly. It can be very difficult to bring up, but you've got some, some techniques and tips for addressing sexual dysfunction in a clinical setting. Let's, let's go through that. Number one, you say, let's use education as a conversation tool. That sounds really smart. Absolutely. I mean, a huge part of being a therapist in any setting, any population is education. We all have degrees and have learned things that the world may not know or understand. So we have a unique position to take all of our knowledge and educate, whether that is the definition of sexuality and it being far beyond or looking at the whole person and saying, what did are what do you do every day? You know, what are what are your roles? What makes you feel good? And say looking at all the different from an OT, the ADLs, the activities of daily living. There's a whole list. Just go through that list with them and then sex will come up and you can kind of get a feel. Will they blow it off? Do they want to explore it a little bit? It's all about how you approach it. Yeah, you give a really good tip in terms of guiding your patient to and through the conversation. And as you just mentioned, you'll be able to gauge their comfort level in talking about it. Maybe they don't want to, and that's and that's okay, but you've at least opened the door for that opportunity. Second up on that uh, tip list for you is utilizing a formal tool to encourage the patient to feel like they're not alone. What, what do you mean by that? Absolutely. So there is over several dozen tools that can be used. Um, a couple that I mentioned in my article was the multidimensional sexuality questionnaire, which is very much 
centered around the whole picture of sexuality, much like mentioned before. It addresses how you look, how you feel, what makes you feel good. Do you like to be touched? Touching meaning a hug, a handshake. There are some people that don't like that, would like to be distant. Um, something like the Oestri Low Back Pain Disability Questionnaire, that's something that references more the physical aspect, how pain can affect your identity and how you interact with people around you. Um, is pain impacting your function in everyday life? And yeah. I feel like the Oswestry Low Back Pain Disability Questionnaire comes at it from an angle that um, you'd be mid-conversation before somebody taking this questionnaire would even come to think that it had anything to do with sexuality. And that's great. Absolutely. And that's the, the beauty of this topic is people hear the word sexuality and they, they, like you said, they get smaller, they get awkward, they get uncomfortable. It's so much more than that. And it's such an important part of humanity and who we are as human beings beyond what everyone thinks when they hear that word. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and and I, I learned in PT school, which was a conversation about sex or a conversation about anything that might be an awkward topic will be as awkward as you, the clinician, make it. So Absolutely. You, have to, you have to approach it clinically. And like you said, it's not for everybody. You know, you can kind of get a gauge. There are patients that will just say, that's it, I don't want to talk about it. They will shut you down. And that's okay. And you know what? As we develop relationships with them, maybe it gets easier. Maybe it never gets brought up. That's okay. But it is our due diligence as clinicians to at least attempt to address it and do yeah, our well, best to bring it yeah, up. That's the third tip. If you're uncomfortable, they're uncomfortable. You do your best as a medical professional to always maintain the appropriate language, verbal, nonverbal, paraverbal, important to avoid the laughter and judgment in your tone at all times. And the goal here is a safe space for patients to share their experiences, build a relationship, as you mentioned. Maybe something comes up. Uh, not in the evaluation, but several visits in, or maybe a year later after you built that relationship. Um, next up on your tip, an interdisciplinary approach to address sexuality with patients by familiarizing yourself with the roles of your team member. Now bringing that team into play. In general, we all have a different role. There could be a lot of overlap. And this is one of those areas where there is a lot of overlap. In my experience, I've had I've worked with physical therapists that have addressed lower extremity deficits, back pain, connecting all the dots of this is hindering our patient's sexuality. This is hindering their day-to-day -day life. As the OT, I've worked on pain management as well. And something specific that comes to mind is a hip replacement. There's a lot of precautions. Maybe someone on the younger side, maybe someone that is sexually active with their spouse, partner, whatever it may be. The OT, as my, myself, as the OT, we've worked on positioning and maintaining those precautions. Whereas the physical therapist, my counterpart has worked on leg strengthening and balance deficits and all of the things that can go into it. And with speech, it can be, we can look at the cognition associated with it, with whatever diagnosis you might looking at, you know, where is, where is the, where's the attention? Where's the proper sequencing, the safety awareness, all those things that, you know, we probably don't think about on a day-to-day -day basis for ourselves but with our clients may have to be a consideration. Well said. Final tip on your list as we scratch the surface really talking about sexuality with our older adult patients is establish a routine with all the patients to create a habit of asking questions related to sexuality with all patients. I feel like this encompasses several of the tips that we mentioned before in terms of making sure it's comfortable, opening that door, leading with education. But that routine consistency has got to be important. You can't just do it once. No, definitely not. And, you know, it's something that, 
we ourselves have to make a habit. You know, you're not going to walk into anyone's house and say apartment, whatever it may be, and say, hey, let's talk about your sexuality. No, make it a part of the evaluation. You know, I myself, I'm always asking about bathing, eating, dressing. Why not throw sexuality in there? You know, make it a routine. If I'm used to it, it's going to become like second nature to me and nobody will go un, unattended to in that topic. That's bringing it into the light, not not giving it that that gravity and that that the awkwardness. Heaviness. Yeah, the heaviness. That's a great word. Yeah, you've got to talk about it. Um, and but by all means, as you mentioned several times in your article, doing it professionally, you know, doing it clinically and doing it um, in a way that makes the patient feel comfortable. Check out that article again at foxrehab.org. The title, Five Tips for Clinicians Addressing Sexual Dysfunction, the Geriatric Edition, written by Gina. Gina, uh, final thing we do on the show is called your foxtail. Tell us a story um, from, from the last six months in clinical care as we're kind of bogged down in COVID, right? And you're still out there in New York City treating older adults. Something that, a, a mini story that just made you smile about being an OT. Well, I have the privilege of working in Manhattan. So unique about this population is they walk everywhere. Nobody drives to the store. You know, everyone, everything is at a hop, skip and a jump. So returning back to work after COVID and everything, patients are afraid to go outside. Majority of the patients that I received upon coming back wanted to get out and about. So I love to do grocery shopping, banking, financial management, all those fun things that Maybe not everyone is up to. And upon working with this person for about two months, I get to her apartment and there's all groceries. And I said, oh, where did these come from? Did you get delivered? And she goes, I didn't get delivered. I went and bought these myself and I carried them back. And I was like, this is why we do what we do. This is why we do. Because at 98 years old, this woman went and bought all of her groceries and independently carried them back. Wow. That's and I mean, you know, have, having lived in the Upper West Side where you uh, where you live as well, um, it can be, you know, it can be a little bit of a trek depending on how far off the supermarket and everything's a walk, right? I mean, you got to walk steps, you got to walk blocks um, up and down uh, subway stairs as well. So 98. Wow. That's got to feel really great to to empower an older adult to to do that where, hey, you asked if I got delivery. No, I wouldn't got these myself. That's right. All right, Gina, thanks so much for taking the time to write about this subject that needs to be discussed probably more frequently, right? To get rid of that taboo and make sure it's easier to talk about with our older adult patients. Um, appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Foxcast OT, a clinically excellent podcast. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Fox clinicians work hard, love their work, and get the respect they deserve. Sound good? Then you'll love the autonomy to work in your own style and the support you get to achieve excellence. Plus, freedom and flexibility to have a personal life. Whether it's your first day or you've been around for a while, your contribution is acknowledged and rewarded. That's what makes Fox a success. Happy, well-trained clinicians make great healthcare. Are you a fit for Fox? Find out now at foxrehab.org.